0: Welcome back to another episode of A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancy. I'm excited to launch another episode for you all. I'm Vincent Lancy, speaker and author of the book Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. When I was 21 years old, I was the victim of a hit-and-run accident while walking home from a friend's birthday. After coming out of a coma and suffering from a traumatic brain injury, or you may know of as a TBI, I soon realized that it was time to put my mental health on a very high pedestal. This transformative experience has led me to create a podcast that is all things mental health. Would it benefit you to hear from mental health professionals and influencers? Would it also add value to your life to hear authentic stories from people talking about their mental health, the issues they face, and how they actively combat them? If you answered yes to any of those questions, I want to start by congratulating you for making your mental health a priority. You definitely came to the right place. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. On this episode, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Renee Burwell. Renee is a skilled psychotherapist and an educator with a specialization in sex therapy and trauma. I wanted to bring her unique perspective to the show. Her practice, Pandora's Awakening, offers services and educational outreach to help destigmatize mental health and sexual health services. In addition to the private practice, she's a skilled facilitator in offering trainings and workshops to healthcare professionals and service professionals relating to mental health, sexual health, and reproductive choice. So I think that's very important to add to the show. She's a presenter and an author who was awarded with the Family Educator of the Year Award and by Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi. Renee, thanks for coming on my show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I wanted you to please start by introducing yourself to our listeners and share part of your story before we dive in and get going and share your role relating to mental health, please.
1: Well, I think you did a great introduction just now. Oh, um, thank you. But my name is Renee Burwell, as you've said. I am a licensed clinical social worker, so I have worked in almost every aspect of social work there is. Um, currently, I am in private practice. I actually have more of a group practice where I manage other therapists also, um, and we specialize, well, I specialize in sex therapy, so my other clinicians, um, we all want to have, a, we deal with the whole spectrum of mental health issues, but we all have a little specialty on top of that. So mine is sex therapy. We have arts expressive therapy. We also have a lot of play therapy, and we are just kind of... um, you know, growing and kicking it in Nashville, you know, Nashville, we did just have a tornado that came through that was really devastating. So we're overcoming that. And now we're overcoming this Corona. So I tell people, I'm like, I can kind of deal with some natural disaster stuff because I have been a therapist during the Katrina times, but this pandemic, I'm not really too sure about how to counsel people through through this, but the reality is life is always changing. So we're just taking it one moment at, at a time. So Absolutely that is words. my introduction.
0: I love it. Thank you for sharing. We're definitely just all adapting and things are people, paranoia creates more paranoia. So things are crazy right now, but things are going to go back to the way they were. I think it's important to realize that and stay calm as much as they can, but we're all in this together. But on each episode here, Renee, I share a mental health story of someone who is famous because I want to let you, the listeners know that you are not alone. I want you to understand that even though someone looks like they are healthy from the outside, they may not be on the inside too. I'll now introduce the mental health story related to Ellie Goulding, and I ran this on MSN. She's a 33-year-old pop star who uses her platform to actually discuss mental health issues, which I was very, very impressed with. She leans on literature and regular exercise to battle her mental health issues, which are anxiety and panic attacks. She said in the article, quote, whenever I'm feeling a bit low, I think, oh, I'll just go on Twitter and see what people are saying about me. I sometimes watch a documentary or a silly film, but I mainly read books. She when she gets lost in fiction, it helps. So that's an interesting way she combats these illnesses. But she first opened up on how to deal with these issues as a public figure. And she said it was a struggle, but, you know, she didn't enjoy being in front of cameras, but for the greater good, she's doing it. And I'll end with this quote that said, I thought that was just what my life was going to be, what I signed up to in reference to people just shooting pictures at her, making her feel uncomfortable. But she said, it's only in the last four years I've realized that's not how it's supposed to be. And I wish there'd be a little more help. She also admitted that time, she just feels really, really low. Renee, what do you take away from this whole story of mental health?
1: Um, I think a lot of people in general are suffering with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of unseen illnesses. Um, even when we 're talking about the mental, also physical there 's a lot of people who have unseen physical um, illnesses that people aren 't aware of, and we just have to be in a place of showing compassion and being able to leave some type of a uh, accepting and open space for people as they 're going through their traumas and they 're going through their own personal healing, um, even with the coronavirus happening with having social distancing a lot of people even if they do have some um, anxiety about being around people being forced to be isolated is causing more trauma or bringing up more of their anxiety, bringing more up of the unknown. And I think a lot of people cope with their anxiety by doing maladaptive things such as drugs, sex, um, you know, kind of even positive things working too much can be a sign of people dealing with their anxiety. And with this Corona, it's like people have to sit with their anxiety and their depression and actually see that it's real. So hopefully once we're out of this um, turmoil, people will actually get the real help they need to get through their anxiety and depression, and especially for her to be in the public sphere. um, A lot of people think that, Um, people who are celebrities are almost godlike and they're not, they have just as much pain and struggle as everybody else. And her highlighting that, I think that's really positive.
0: Yeah, I love the way you put that. You know, she's using her platform to make a difference. And now we're seeing it a little more often, people speaking out, trying to destigmatize mental health with us, but it's still, you know, small company, I feel for it because people with millions of followers, they don't realize that that's a million people that their message can get to. And to speak on something as important as mental health, I think is very vital, but it's time for the main event here, Renee. On each episode, my guests and I will go over this series of six questions. My goal is to feature many valuable guests. Like I said, doctors, people talking about their mental health influencers. So this series of six questions just differentiates if they're speaking on their own or others' mental health. Are you ready to allow me to deliver some value with you?
1: I will try. Yes. yes <laughs> I'm going to be president in the moment.
0: Let's do it. But many would agree the more common or talked about types of mental illnesses through their practices are mood disorders, anxiety disorders, or schizophrenia disorders. What areas do you come across the most?
1: Um, well, because I am in pri- private practice, I don't really deal with like the schizophrenia quite as much. That's more of a persistently mentally ill uh, challenge. Um, I also... so my primary areas that I see are probably anxiety and depression. Um, and since I do um, sexual health, I see a lot of um, areas. I mean, pretty much everything sexual health related, I'll say has more of an underlining anxiety right. um, component to it. And sometimes certain antidepressants can also impact sexual health. So in that area, sometimes I deal with um, mixed desires within relationships um, orgasm, inability to orgasm, delayed orgasm for um, males. Sometimes I'll see a lot of that depending on their anxiety and what kind of medications they're on. Premature ejaculation is usually anxiety-focused. Um, for women, pain during intercourse is a, is a primary thing that I will see. So those are some of the common things. Also, a lot of people who are in relationships, re- different kinds of relationships, I do a lot of couples counseling and I see a lot of people who are looking into being a non-monog- ethical, non-monogamous, and I do a lot of infidelity recovery too. So that's kind of my general scope of what you see.
0: Absolutely. So you definitely come across some mental illnesses. Would you say it's a, a lot of depression is the main thing, or what's the, break it down for us?
1: Um, typically, most people are going to have anxiety. That's the number one. And then secondary would be the mood disorder, such as depression and bipolar.
0: Great, What um, what's some quick advice you give to people who are coming in with that anxiety? What's one of the first things you tell them?
1: I, I don't really have quick advice. I mean, cause really everything kind of takes its own time and space. But I think the main thing with anxiety is anxiety is your imagination kind of working against you. Um, So instead of always imagining what the future holds, kind of learning how to be present in the moment. And that takes time and that takes work that takes working on your past traumas, because if you have had, we've all had wounds in the past that have hurt us so because of our wounds we're always in the reptilian brain where we're kind of always looking at what's next what's going to hurt us and that's really not effective in this day and time we have to be present we have to know what's here what's what's real right now versus always thinking ahead in the future so really trying to be mindful and being present are the main things and taking breaths you know a lot of people don't breathe they don't focus on their breaths they take it for granted and really our breath is what keeps us here so anytime you're feeling really anxious just kind of taking a deep breath in and exhaling three times you know there's different types of breathing techniques that kind of work but I just say even doing it three times is a good way to just kind of recenter yourself remind yourself that I'm still here you know your breath lets you know that you're still alive so um, that's really my primary quick thing to to tell people.
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah, um, I added this myself so I could take that little piece out. So don't worry about it. It sounds great. That was awesome. You went, did great. But um, so now let's move into. I want to let our listeners learn a little more about you. When did you first decide that a career relating to mental health was the right career for you? If you could paint that picture for us.
1: Um, I get this question a lot, and I it's a hard question for me because. The way I grew up was more focused on money, if that makes sense. So my idea was I was going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, I actually went to school, started off as an industrial engineering because I always knew I was an entrepreneur. So I was like, if I kind of know the ins and outs of how a business works through the industrial engineering side, I will really be able to do my own thing and do it very well at some point. And while I was doing that, before I actually went into school, before I went into undergrad, I was very active in service. And I was doing a lot of work with homeless populations and other different types of, you know, kind of underserved communities. And what I learned was, um, A lot of people are there because they haven't dealt with their traumas. Um, There's not enough support and resources out there. And um, by doing that, I realized I didn't really necessarily just want to focus on money. I wanted to help people. And um, what I kind of envisioned myself having at some point was like a ymca that provided resources and also provided mental health services so because i had a whole lot of different you know everybody when they're an undergrad they're going through so many different transitions right, all right. in and out and all over the place i was just like you know what i think i want to major in psychology instead of doing this industrial engineering because i feel like that will connect more but if i really knew better i would have stuck with industrial engineering because you can still do everything, but it all works out. Um, and then from there, when I finished school, I started. I did at Amer AmeriCorps Vista. I don't. That's kind of like Peace Corps, but domestic. Okay. And I was okay. in Los Angeles, and I was working for UCLA and the City of Inglewood. And everyone kept saying, you know, Renee, based on what you want to do, what you enjoy being a social worker would be ideal for you. And in Tennessee, Tennessee doesn't really highlight social workers. And even in Georgia where I went to undergrad. So I didn't really know what that looked like. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, um, be a social worker and take people's kids away. And then the more I looked into it in California, specifically, everybody that had a nonprofit had a social work degree. Most of the people who were doing mental health services had a social work degree. And um, I ended up going that route because it just seemed like it was just the most in alignment with where I was going. And even with that, I tried to kind of get away from doing mental health. I was going to do macro mm. practice, so that was more like policy. I yeah, I, yeah. Had, I have a master's in public administration also, and I went to USC. So since I mentioned U- UCLA, I have to mention USC because we're the better school. But <laughs> neither said <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. But... Um, when I was going through that, I was like, oh, I'm going to do policy. I'm going to work for government. I'm going to be a change agent on a bigger level. And I was like, I don't want to do mental health. I want to be bigger. And then I was just then um, the economy kind of crashed and I decided to move back to Tennessee and um, possibly grow something else out there. And the first job I got was more in healthcare. And healthcare didn't really, it worked well for me. I enjoyed doing it. But some of the policies and practices of 10 care and Medicaid, well, Medicaid just didn't sit well with my spirit. And I was like, what's the one way I can be an entrepreneur, have my own thing with the skills that I have? And someone, a lot of people kept saying, you kind of hear people say the same message over and over again. They're like... Um, you know, Renee, you should get your LCSW. You should do private practice. And I was like, oh, private practice. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I told you my whole other story. I was like, I want to be a policymaker. Da, 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 da. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I think I do want to look into doing private practice. And once I got into private practice, it was just like everything worked very smoothly. It was exactly where I needed to be. My skill set for helping people clinically is just really. Um, kind of I'm, I'm really good at what I do that's what I'll say I'm, I'm thinking all these things in my head well, I'm you're like, good. you know you're I'm, definitely I'm pretty qualified superb, you've
0: definitely you know, been around so. that mental health world so I love that about my guests because you're able to provide just so much more perspective and I can relate to you where you know I went to school finance and MBA where I thought the money 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 and then you know could still make money doing other things and they happen to do some different initiatives so just I like that that's was, yeah but speaking of advice and all that type of stuff furthering ourselves up our careers what advice can you give to our listeners as what may be considered a potential early sign that they may be starting to develop some kind of mental illness
1: um What I'd like to say is that anytime you are feeling like you are not in alignment with yourself in some form or fashion, if a lot of people are, I mean, really in order to have a mental health issue in general to be diagnosed, there has to be some form of distress. So it's either you feel distressed or in some ways other people around you are telling you that they feel distressed. So if you get to a point where it's either or where you're doing harm to others or you feel like you're being harmful to yourself, then that's when I see, and harm doesn't have to be physical it can be just you know you laying in bed all day and not feeling motivated that can be harm so then that's when you might want to see someone for their mental for a mental health issue
0: yeah once you realize things yeah keep going
1: Oh, and then sometimes, you know, it's just being proactive. I think our society hasn't been very big on wellness. When it comes to mental health, it's rare, very reactionary where you have to get to a certain point before you actually seek help. And it's like, hey, if you feel like you have areas of improvement, you want more clarity in your life, there's no reason not to seek um, help in mental health.
0: Yeah, I love the way you put that. But for someone who already does have this mental health and this, they pass that stage, and I ask you to only pick three because I want the three most important things our listeners can do here. If you could pick three short-term or daily basis initiatives for our listeners, what can they do to start improving their overall mental health?
1: I mean, I say diet and exercise are very big. And What do you mean I by say,
0: diet? Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I say diet... I say anything that you're consuming. So making sure you're staying away from processed foods, trying to stay more around um, foods that feed your, your, your body, not just your emotions. So like eating more whole grains, things like that. Also, when I say diet, I look at your environment as your diet. So what are you listening to? What are you consuming um, through your media, through your social life? Um, so making sure you're listening and being around people who are positive and who are helping you to grow as a human human being is what I look at as diet exercise you know what that is but having some form of cardio really helps with anxiety weights also help too um and then the third piece is um I would just say being um a continuous learner will help so always trying to learn something new um, and keep your mind engaged will help with your mental health. But the main thing is the diet and exercise. And diet, I kind of included the social aspect in that too. But yeah, that's I like how you did that
0: because that, that's keeping it modern right now and connecting with our listeners. Mm-hmm. But you know, as far as short-term initiatives, I enjoy the gym myself. I enjoy you know taking walks. I've learned that for my mental health. And you know, mental health breaks something I kind of incorporate as well now. Where you know, instead of taking you know a full week off or something. I could continually work if I take those breaks as I see fit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But let's look a little longer here. You just gave us some great short-term initiatives for our listeners to start taking on to create a more positive mental headspace. What are two longer-term commitments our listeners can make?
1: Um, of course, you know I'm going to always advocate therapy right. and by a, a mental health professional. So some people are like, "Oh, therapy is me going to yoga." No, that's not therapy. Um, so seeking, um, a therapist and therapy is a long-term initiative. It's not just something that you can do within a month and it's, you're done. It's something that can take a year, can take multiple years. Um, but that's one, one long-term initiative. Um, the second long-term commitment that I would recommend is just making sure you have healthy social supports and a social support network. You know, when it comes to, um, poverty, I say that the best way to end up in a negative situation is by not having proper social capital. You know, if you have all the money in the world, and something happens with that money, if you don't have social capital, then you're going to be in a very poor state because you don't have anyone to help you recover. So some of that can be family, some of it can be friends. And sometimes, you know, we aren't all born into families that we're able to maintain Um, support from. So sometimes we might have to look outside of that. Some people decide to attend church and spiritual and religious groups. There are people who attend groups such as Al-Anon or Alcoholics Anonymous or all the other anonymous groups. They are great support systems. There are meetup groups. There are groups on and offline um, regarding whatever interests you might have. And some people might feel like they don't have any interest, but if there's a certain TV show you like to watch, if there's certain movies you're interested in, trust me, there is a population of people that you can find to connect with. We are human beings and we are social animals and social creatures. We're not meant to be in complete isolation. We're meant to interact and be one with one another in order to maintain a healthy mental health. So... In order to do that, you just really want to make sure you are providing yourself with um, healthy people in your corner, people who are going to help you grow and help hold you accountable to your growth. So that is my second long term commitment in order to maintain a healthy mindset. And maybe another side note, just because I'm a sex therapist, you know, having a, se- a healthy sexual appetite there- that doesn't hurt either. And having a long term commitment and making sure you are prioritizing your sexuality, making sure whether it's self pleasure or pleasure with partner partners, that you are taking care of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So that is it for me.
0: What are some ways you plan on raising awareness for the importance of mental health in the future? You know, you've been around the mental health world for a while now. What are some things we're going to do to raise awareness?
1: Um I think this podcast is a way. Um I think there's other great podcasts out there that help with bringing more awareness of mental health issues. Um I think the media in general is highlighting it in a different way. There's great TV shows and media such as like the show This Is Us. They show someone with, a, with addiction issues. They show um, anxiety issues. They show depression. You know, just I think just making it normal is just part of our humanity. And I think for a long time we've been ignoring it and now we're bringing it to light.
0: Yeah, I think normalizing it's a big, big part. And I, th- I agree with you with the podcast part. It's important to get on the podcast and share your message for sure.
1: Um, I'm thinking about that second long term thing that people can do. Yeah. Um, one other thing is like possibly like becoming active in different types of social support groups.
0: Yeah, let's talk about you know, that.
1: So, you know, some people use church as a way. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm in the buckle of the Bible belt. So that's a big social support system for people. Um, there's tons of meetups. There's tons of groups for if you have kinks or different types of sexual fetishes. I mean, there's just all kinds of different things around the the world that are accessible for people to kind of connect with one another but just trying to make sure you're finding community that should be a long-term goal in general because isolation is really the one of the biggest killers of our mental health or our damagers or you know culprits of harm so just making sure you're trying to be active in creating your communities that should always be a long-term goal.
0: Thank you so much, Renee. I know our listeners see all the value in your episode today. So thank you coming on. I loved how you broke it down where you said, you know, society hasn't been that good at taking care of the wellness department. So that normalizes it for our listeners. You gave your full background and I thank you for that. Great commitments as well. But it's time for the last word here. And I do this on my other podcast, what it's really like to be an entrepreneur too, because I want our listeners to really get to know my guests. Is there something you want to share with everybody listening on that we not get to touch on yet?
1: Um, I, I think the, everything we've said thus far is the main thing, just again, just being proactive. Um, if you don't have a therapist, I would recommend you seek, have someone that you're talking to regularly, just like you have a primary care physician. You should have a primary, um, therapist that you're going to a mental health professional. So those are my final thoughts.
0: Thank you for sharing all that. Renee, can you please share your professional social media, your website or ways for our listeners to follow your endeavors, request your services?
1: Okay. So my website is Pandora'sAwakening.com. Awakening.com. Um, we also have Instagram, which I don't have, but you can pretty much look us up Instagram and Facebook Pandora's Awakening, or you can look me up directly. Renee D Burwell, LCSWCST. And I also have a YouTube channel called quiet storms corner where we kind of talk about different mental health issues and how to address it again it's mostly focused on sexual health mental health and relationships
0: great well thank you for sharing all that everybody be sure to check out all her contact and be sure to check out the show on instagram and facebook at a mental health break and on twitter at podcast by lancy i'm at vincent a lancy on all social media and youtube and my website is vincentalancy.com be sure to check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption, on Amazon now, but DM me or email me. I want to hear what you think. If you liked today's episode, please continue listening and rate A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancy five stars. I work hard to find value delivering guests for you on each episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancy.